Hey, this is ZZ for my latest sponsor, ExpressVPN. You know, Netflix has different content available to users depending on where they're located. Netflix has thousands of shows, but you can only get access to a fraction of that because of where you are. If you're utilizing Netflix without using ExpressVPN, it's like paying for a gym membership, but only being able to use the treadmill. So how does this work? ExpressVPN lets you change your online location so you can control where you want Netflix to think you're located. They have almost 100 different server locations so you can gain access to thousands of new shows. I'm talking like Star Trek, the original series on UK Netflix, Brooklyn Nine-Nine on Canadian Netflix, Rick and Morty on French Netflix, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air on Indian Netflix, the Harry Potter movie series on Australian Netflix, the list goes on and on. In the easy household, we utilize ExpressVPN and we've unlocked so much content that my family and myself can enjoy. But then you might be like, Eric, we can use other VPNs. No, 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 no. Listen, blazing fast speeds, stream in HD with zero buffering, compatible with all of your devices, phones, laptops, media consoles, smart TVs, and more, and it encrypts your data. ExpressVPN has the added benefit of encrypting your data so you can browse the web securely. Look, be smart. Stop paying full price for streaming services and only getting access to a fraction of their content. Get your money's worth at expressvpn.com Zane. Don't forget to use my link at expressvpn.com slash Zane to get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Okay, got to start this thing at some point, right? Right? Welcome into the Eric St. Show podcast. A daily show where I discuss news, nonsense, and my personal adventures. Uh, Saturday, Saturday evening. Basketball game. Grand Rapids gold. Having so much fun. Oh my God. Loving that. Um, at halftime, the red Panda performed. I've talked about red Panda before. I'm actually, in case you missed it, going to pull up red Panda doing her thing. I don't know how she does it. Uh, but it's incredible to say the least. I believe she was, hold on. I'm hearing weird things right now. The fuck is going on here? All of a sudden I hear like audio playing terrible start. Jesus. Uh, red Panda is on a unicycle. She's like 10 feet in the air. She's wheeling around on the arena floor. This is Red Panda. For those of you who don't know, I've never seen this before. This is absolutely spectacular. She was with me Saturday, or with us Saturday at the basketball game. Same music and everything. She's on the unicycle. One leg controls. 
like three of them. Here's the final, I think, five. Oh, here you go. Look at She's got one, two, three, four, five bulls resting on the one foot. And then watch this. Watch uh, the crowd go crazy in her reaction when she when she does it. Darla! What the fuck? How could that possibly be real? is more impressive than anything any athlete has ever done right there. I'm not sure how much she charges to get in the building. But that's that's spectacular, right? Well, she got uh, on the court with us at the Grand Rapids Gold game. And boy, did she suck. The fucking bulls were flying, bouncing all around the court. She couldn't get anything right. Uh, Aram asked how much money she makes a year. Well, I mean, you know, for that, what I saw or what we just saw on the thing there, you know, I would say she makes a hundred million dollars a day. I mean, it's, it's defying logic and physics, frankly, what we're seeing. How do you, how do you become, uh, uh, proficient at that? How does that, she's combining a unicycle balance, uh, and bulls. And physics somehow and geometry. I don't know the fuck. In, in fact, if I'm describing it to you in the audio podcast, you're like listening to this later in the day and you you don't quite get what I was saying. You have to go and actually look at it in the link that's in the show notes. It It's too fucking much to even comprehend. Well, Saturday, it was, I've never seen, I've seen her many times. I've never seen her have such a bad time. They got to that big moment there with the five bulls. That's the last thing. And uh, our guy Hayden threw him up to her. And um, as LJ guy 2004 says, is there a dildo on top of her seat to keep her up there? No, no, no. She's just seated on it. You idiot. And uh, she does the thing. And one bull lands in the deal. And then four bulls just go crashing down onto the court. And she's like, oh, one more time. It makes my, my pal Hayden throw her the bulls back up. That she does it again. She fucks it up again three times. And then finally, after the third time, she said, fuck it. She was like, boot off the court. She went away crying. She wasn't booed. She didn't cry. But it was, I'm sure she was pissed, man. I'm surprised if, be surprised if she didn't commit Harry Carey in the back. Some of you get that joke. You're like, Harry, Carrie, what does the baseball announcer have to do with it? No, no, it's, uh, that's Japanese for like, kill yourself. I think, I think that's what that is. Uh, so, all right. Kenny says she's giving actual red pandas a bad name. She sucks. And that's all I can read because the rest of it doesn't make sense. Amazing. Oh, okay. 
No, it, it makes sense. And isn't wearing red, nor is she a panda. Th- the lack of comma screwed me up. Sorry. Uh, LJ guy 2004 says, did she give a happy ending at least? Uh, boy, I didn't, I didn't detect that. I didn't detect anybody getting a happy ending. Darla, no, no, don't start. Don't give me that side eye. Hold on. No. Tell me one of those days today. That's what's going on. So that was, uh, that was a disappointment. It was really a disappointment. So um, before she got started, where I sit courtside, I turned around and there's these people sitting in these like uh, at these uh, like uh, the Grand Rapids Gold's version of a suite. I turn and I go, you're going to love this. Oh, my God. The red pen. He's like, I've never seen it. I go, oh, you're going to love it. Well, all right. So then that ends. And then afterwards, after the game, I go, red panda, let everybody down. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, hey, Zane, about four or five years ago, I was at a Griffins game. And uh, it was at the intermission, similar to what we just saw, except it was uh, a bunch of people wearing Quidditch robes or uh, what do you call it? Hogwarts robes from the uh, movie Harry Potter. And um, on the ice, they were running around in between periods playing Quidditch of all things. You know what they do in the Harry Potter books to fucking, that's their soccer. Riding around on broomsticks. So all these adults are running around in robes playing Quidditch. And then, uh, no, I, I do not remember this. I'm just taking his word for it. I mean, I remember the game, but I don't remember the comment. Because apparently I said, let's make some noise for these nerds. And this guy said that he laughed for the whole fucking remainder of the game, uh, laughed all the way home. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, I don't even know if I read the room. I must have read the room because the people there had, had to have taken it well. They, they have to know that they're nerds. I mean, everybody's thinking it, right? Bunch of adults running around in robes. PA announcer says, Make some noise for these nerds. Come on now. Um, Aram writes, maybe those videos on YouTube are fake. No, I, I, I've seen this with my own eyes. I've seen Red Panda before, like I indicated several times. But there is a thought. Um, somebody suggested, did the bulls have uh, magnets in them to like, pull them down on top of her head easier. And uh, I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I don't think there's anything that's, I mean, as far as I can tell, because Hayden, the guy who was throwing the bulls up to her to get her ready for each round, he said, uh, he goes, no, I, I, they seem like there, there was no, um, you know how like when you have a magnet next to another magnet, like they pull each other if the size, otherwise they'll like repel. No, he said it was all, they were just regular bulls. All right. So that was, um, that was something. Chris in Maine, Hall of Famer, baseball player says, in high school, we thought we were so cool when we drove past 
the line, long line waiting for a Star Wars premiere and yelled, Star Wars sucks out the window. Or Star Trek sucks out the window. Get it right. So, all right. That was um, a big letdown, frankly. And the basketball team uh, lost again. They're like 0-4. Looking for that first win. They had a ton of people there, though, on Saturday. I was happy to see that. Speaking of uh, shit, um, the Detroit Pistons, not affiliated with the Grand Rapids basketball team. The Grand Rapids basketball team is affiliated with the Denver Nuggets, who won the world championship last year. The uh, Pistons team has nothing to do with uh, the Grand Rapids gold. But get this. This is fucking great. I love this. Last year, they... um, I think they finished with the worst record in the league or close to the worst record in the league or something like that. And uh, got a really excellent draft pick. Doesn't matter who, at least on paper, really high draft pick. And um, they've had that for the past several years. And they and they still suck tons of dick. So the fucking basketball season starts this year. And they start out the season two wins and one loss. And everybody's like, okay, yeah, here we go. We're turning it around. Yeah. Now, this is a once very, very proud franchise. Okay. Uh, Back at the uh, early part of this century, in the early 2000s, they were uh, pretty fucking great. You know, Ben Wallace, Rip Hamilton, Tayshaun Prince, Chauncey Billups, fucking lighting the world on fire, NBA champions. They were awesome. And then before that, in the late 80s, the bad boys, they won two back-to-back. Should have been three back-to-back. Or three back-to-back-to-back. So there's there's a damn history there. Since the Pistons started out two and one, they've now lost 11 straight. 11 in a row they've lost. They're two wins and 12 losses. Holy shit. That is incredible. That is the worst in the league. And their next game is against the Denver Nuggets. You know, the defending NBA champions. How shitty is that? Uh, With five minutes to go in the Lions game yesterday as I was making the chicken marsala. First time I've ever done that. Absolute smash. Fantastic. Uh, the Lions had uh, uh, been the sh- so shitty all, all game. Um, and and that was, I usually, I didn't watch the first half. I was at Meyer buying ingredients for the dinner. I don't, I never, I try not to get too wrapped up. I don't ever just sit and watch. I've talked about that before because I can't risk it. If they fuck up, then because I haven't been doing anything in addition to the, watching the game, I feel like it's wasted time and I, and I hate that. So I always like I'm doing something else while the game is going on. So first half, I listen to it on the way to Meyer. I go to Meyer. I walk out of Meyer. I listen to the game on the way home from Meyer. And then, uh, it's halftime by the time I get home and then, all right, I'll put it on my phone and set it next to me while I'm working in the kitchen. Well, there's shit. Um, Jared Goff, the quarterback, had this really bad game where he kept uh, throwing it to the Bears. Now, the Bears, I noticed um, 
that they reminded me of Lion, the Lions in previous years with the ultimate result of this game. But uh, they were they were quite good in a lot of respects. And the Lions were just fucking awful. Uh, Goff threw three picks. And then this, uh, this guy named Craig Reynolds, he uh, was returning like a kickoff or some shit. And he's running it back. And uh, they smash the shit out of him, and the ball goes flying in the fucking air. He fumbles that fucking thing. I'm like, this is this is horrible. And uh, uh, Justin uh, Fields, I think, is his name, the quarterback for the Bears. He was he dropped this beautiful pass in touchdown, and I go, fuck this. I'm shutting this off. So I did shut it off. And then, uh, but in the other room, the NFK is watching. Now there's five minutes to go. At that point. And um, now they ended up winning. They're down by 12. Actually, they were down by 12 with three minutes to go. Imagine that. The Bears are leading by 12 points with three minutes to go. And they managed to lose that fucking game. It was an epic Detroit Lions-like implosion in previous years. Uh, Other years, that is the Lions doing that. But... Now it's like, that's the Bears. I mean, how shitty is that? You're up 12 points. The Bears are going to get a signature win for the year. They've only won two or three games leading into this game, and you're going to beat the first place team, the Lions. You got it. You got it in the fucking bag. Lions uh, very quickly march down the field, and then they score very, very quickly. So now they're down, uh, let's see, 12 Five. They're down five. They kick off to the Bears. Legit, all the Bears have to do is get one or two first downs and then just start taking a knee, and the game is over. They didn't do shit. They went three and out, and they only burned 12 seconds off of the clock. What the fuck? How is that even possible? Uh, that's coaching because first of all, the bears, I don't even know what they did during those three downs, but if you run it on that first one, okay, let's say you pick up a yard or two. Now you got second and eight. You bleed that play clock all the way down. And even if you run it up the middle and get a yard, you bleed the clock all the way down. Um, but the Lions started calling timeouts. So that's probably what happened. Now that I think about it, that's, I'm sure that that's what happened. Maybe if I'd have watched it, I would have known that. I don't know. I'm guessing the Lions took timeouts, but who gives a shit? The fact of the matter is they, they burned 12 seconds. They couldn't get a first down. If they would have gotten a first down, the game is over because the Lions use their timeouts. Motherfuck. So then they punt. Lions get the ball back and immediately ram it right up their ass. Lions get a touchdown. They're up one. They go for two. They get that. Now they're up three. The best the Bears can do is tie. What do they? What do the Bears do with like 25 seconds left? Fields gets the ball. And uh, what's that guy's name? Aiden Hutchinson. He goes berserk and uh, smashes Fields. 
And the ball goes fucking flying, and some fat fuck offensive lineman kicks it out of bounds. That's a safety. Two points. Now the Lions are up five, and they get the ball. Holy shit. Lions win. Just like that. That is such a thing that would happen to the Lions. My God. Nuts. Linda says, I'm so glad I turned the game back on. Uh, IMKO says it was a 100% a coaching issue by the Bears. Yeah, I think the Bears actually have some good players. Um, they, they, they really do. Uh, they've got, uh, they're uh, kind of beat up right now, but they've got some strong running backs, solid receivers. Fields is, um, is good. He's not great, but he's good. And, uh, defensively they're, they, they've got some, uh, some, some solid players too, but, um, God damn, their coaching stinks. I don't know how you can cough the ball up four fucking times and you win the game. What? That is bananas. I was shocked at that. I'm not used to this. That in particular, I wasn't used to. I was like, well, you know what? They're going to go to seven and three. All right. Uh, And then the Vikings will probably win. And then uh, fucking A, man. Uh, Not so, though. Lions win it, and then the Vikings lose late to Denver. Denver's a team that uh, earlier in the year, I think they lost like 75-0 to or something like that to um, uh, Miami. And um, they have turned it around. Denver has. They beat Buffalo in Buffalo last week, and they beat the the Vikes yesterday on a last-minute touchdown. Wenji says Goff, that's Ben Weller, says uh, Goff was lost most of the game, but then he turned it on. I want to know what the deal was early. Uh, Post game, he said, yeah, just bad decisions. Stupid, bad decisions. Hey, whatever, whatever. Those fuckers are eight and two now. And uh, Philly takes on KC tonight. Now, even if Philly loses, uh, though the records are the same, Excuse me, the tiebreaker would be conference and uh, in the conference. Philly's 6-0. and oh. Lions are 5-1. and one, so. But still, it's fucking nuts. I can't believe it. Ten games into this NFL season, we're talking about the Lions uh, knocking on the door of having home field throughout the playoffs. Holy shit. I'm just going to continue to do the same thing. I'm not going to sit down. I'm being very superstitious about this. I don't want to sit down to watch anything. I don't want to say, all right, I'm ready to go. Let's be invested in the game. I'm just going to, um, on Thanksgiving, which is, uh, of course, Thursday, I'm traveling to Charity Scam. Mike's house, the Lions play the Packers in Detroit. I'm just going to show up there, and if it's on, I'm going to peek in. Okay, great, while I'm get, helping getting food ready. Holy shit. Uh, IMKO says, I'll remortgage the house to go to a home playoff game. It is so loud in that building when the fans are into it. It is ridiculous. I don't know how you, you, you can't even think. Damn it. It is quite the party. If you do go to a Lions game, it's probably a good idea. I'm not kidding you. 
to get there at like 9 a.m., 8 or 9 in the morning if you go to a Lions game. Because that way, because it's all surface lots surrounding the venue. These little teeny tiny surface lots everywhere. And you um, get in there and then you bust out the grill and then you just start eating and feeding people as they walk to the station uh, stadium. It's an absolute blowout party. So great. Feed some homeless people. They're everywhere. Aram writes, the Lions are the real thing. I'm a Pats fan, so I know a winner. Yeah, a lot of people have talked about that. That whole, um, you know, when their uh, uh, back is to the wall, like down 12 with three minutes to go, and somehow just, we win. That's something Tom Brady and the Patriots have been able to do all those times, or did all those times. All right. We shall see. Uh, I, I credit the, um, the, the coaching of the Lions. They've really, uh, they've, that, that whole staff has really worked those players. Don't forget Goff in his first year with the Lions. He was a pile of shit. Also interesting. The Lions in year one of Dan Campbell, they were 3-13-1. and one. Year two, they were 9-8. and eight. And this year, they're 8-2. and two. If you were to add all that up, that gives Dan Campbell a 20 win. His record is 20 wins, 23 losses, and one tie. He may, if he's lucky, be able to be to have more wins than losses in his career with the Lions. Aram talks about the Patriots. We are back to sucking. But the Lions are coming into their own. Um, I have never heard those words spoken about the Detroit Lions. There was maybe one time, I think they were like 11 and 5 one year that I remember, maybe a 12 and 4. The year that they uh, won the one playoff game, 1991, I think it was, they beat the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, in their in a home playoff game, and then they got murdered on the road at Washington, who went on to win the uh, Super Bowl that year. Uh, it, it's worth repeating that futility that in uh, in the year 1957, before the Super Bowl existed, they won the NBA uh, NBA the NFL championship that year. Since then. They've had one playoff victory in that many years. That is insane. God damn. Well, all right. Off and running. Also off and running, the Michigan Wolverines. They beat Maryland. Uh, Tua's little brother was a big pile of shit for a portion of that game. He kept coughing up the ball. It was interesting because Maryland opening drive does well, get a field goal. Uh, Michigan goes and uh, punts to his little brother, gets it again, and then he coughs it up, puts it down on the carpet. Some big dude picks it up and rambles in for a touchdown. Uh, I think Michigan already had a touchdown at that point. At that point, it was like 14-3, to 3, 
And I was like, all right, this is over. Fuck it. This is over. I'm done. Michigan is going to win. They're going to blow out Maryland. I was convinced of it. Start working in the yard. And uh, I, uh, I checked the score. I go, Jesus Christ, they're in this damn thing. And, uh, yeah, they, they, Michigan couldn't get, do anything right after a while. And then, um, uh, Maryland started moving the ball and they had a shot. And then, uh, late in the game with, um, just a, uh, with Maryland backed all the way up, the fucking Tua's brother was in the end zone. And then he threw it to nobody like intentional grounding and he's in the end zone. And if you throw it to no, no one like that, that's like a two point safety game over Michigan escapes Maryland sets up the game Ohio State Michigan what will the week bring us when it comes to all of this sign stealing scandal I had a uh, audience member that would be the immortal Hurricane Ashley admit to your old pal EZ that up until um, just the other day, she, well, she said to her husband, her boyfriend, Tim, hey, what sign did Harbaugh steal? And she goes, he goes, wait, what? Yeah, what, what is, why is the sign so valuable and why would he even take it? And he goes, what are you talking about? Yeah, they're talking about Harbaugh stealing a sign. She thought that it was like an actual sign. And he he couldn't believe it. But I thought to myself, you know, that's not the first person who I've talked to who thought the same thing. I, I ran into a guy at King's Room Barbershop who thought that he was stealing actual signs, like yard signs. People who just don't know. IMKO says Harbaugh running down the road carrying a gas price sign. Is there any excuse that you can offer? I mean, because I said, well, I mean, if you don't know anything about sports, um, is that is that okay to think that 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 an actual sign was stolen, or or do we look at a person who thinks that Harbaugh actually took a sign and and say, God, you're a dumbass? Is that what we do? I don't know. Little of column A, little of column B. I think, again, she doesn't know shit about sports. Joe Martinez says, we are Michigan. Uh, And then he says, no excuses. Defense was awesome. Uh, For Michigan. Uh, But it was still a pretty damn close game. I think that Michigan did not play their best football. They, if they play, uh, if if Michigan plays against Ohio State the way they played against Maryland, uh, they're, they're going to have a hard time. Uh, Joe Martinez says Harbaugh didn't steal anything. Well, I mean, there's always this week. Fuck, we've probably got video of him uh, uh, gra- taking the signs, you know, running down the street with a sign. I mean, here we are now. How many days into this whole thing? You got one guy resigned, another guy suspended for three games. 
and another guy is fired. And then you've got a clandestine um, uh, booster named Uncle T who's funding the whole thing. Do you remember at the point in time when everybody said, oh, yeah, Connor Stallions, he acted alone. Yeah, this is just, this is, it's like now we know that there's so much more to it. Joe Martinez says, where is the evidence? Well, yeah, the one guy, Partridge, uh, deleted it all. That's why he got fired. That's where the evidence is. Come on now. At this stage of this game, with one guy fired, another guy suspended, and another guy resigned, and a booster, uh, you, you can't, at this point, say with a straight face that this is a clean program. You know as well as I do, deep down, that this is an absolute fucking scam. Joe says it goes to show Harbaugh wasn't involved. Now, I know you can't even type that with a straight face. Uh, The Wolverines worked very hard to delete anything that implicated Harbaugh. You know that as much as I do. Where is the evidence? It's deleted. Chris Partridge deleted it. God damn. Ben suggests that the team should get, well, what's known as the death penalty, which is ban the football program. Oh, come on now. Now, this is, uh, this ends here. Uh, Harbaugh will serve as punishment, and uh, then that will be it. Three games it is appropriate. Um, he can still say, he can still deny any culpability unless, uh, Something else is found out. But uh, either way, three-game penalty for stealing signs. I honestly think that in this um, case, it's um, the punish, the cover-up is worse than the crime, as always. Anytime you have the incident, the actual incident, um, and then you're, you're like hoping that no information gets found out, and then you're like fighting the three games, and then all of a sudden, oh, no, we'll take the three games. And then it comes out the next day that, oh boy, yeah, uh, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, messiness behind all of that. Um, God damn. In a way it's quite redeeming to me, to me and anyone else who wasn't buying any of, uh, Michigan's bullshit. They cheated and everybody knew about it. And now the world knows about it. And the world knows that for the, a long time, they've been cheating. Somebody made a great point that um, in the two games since the cheating scandal erupted, Penn State and Maryland, that J.J. McCarthy has been very average or below average. He hasn't been great. Um, and if he is that average against Ohio State, they're going to lose. I think the best thing Michigan has going for them is that offensive line. Because if you're a if you're smashing the defensive line's face in like that, it doesn't matter how much cheating is involved, you still got to make the blocks. And when the Michigan offensive line hits any defensive line, they go back like 5 yards. In fact, I would just run it up the middle uh every fucking play. You know, I think they kind of did. There's no question. The offensive line um, for Michigan is 
like an NFL all-star team. Maureen wants them to take away Michigan's victories. Nah. You know, and I think there's a lot of point that um, this this uh, this comment has to be made because Michigan fan has often said, well, everybody still signs. And yes, that's, that's true. Uh, during the game, you have people on your sideline that are watching and trying to put it together and, and on the fly, figuring it out. That is, that is true. Um, but that's not, that's, there's nothing you can do about that. That's gamesmanship and it is, it's, it's encouraged, but the idea that Michigan had all that information, um, filed and ready to go and memorized well before the games, because they had clandestine people showing up in disguise on fucking sidelines and in the stands and shooting video is um, a little different. Well, it's it makes all the difference actually. It it becomes to uh, what what was a chess match to your fucking cheating, and um, then the subsequent cover up, the deletion of the material, the booster paying stallions, all that shit. That's where it gets weird. And uh, Michigan fan says, oh, yeah, well, everybody does that. It's like, no, no, they don't. Um, there is no proof of that. There's proof of actually Connor Stallions doing it. Uh, let's see. Aram says, if they did steal the signs, they did. Uh, did the Michigan players just think they were super, super good? Who knows? Joe Martinez says the line is a little bit above average. They were better last year. Hmm, I don't know. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, we still got to play a football game against Ohio State. I don't even know where that game is. I think it's played at Michigan, right? Michigan football. Yeah, it is at Michigan. Uh, Noon on Saturday. Michigan favored by... um, I guess I don't know. Three? Four? Joe Martinez is going to be there at the game. That's exciting. Oh, my God. Uh, I know it's all that uh, $79 uh, furnace tune-up money. Good for you. Uh, Ben writes, Harbaugh knew, the athletic director knew, the president knew, and all the players knew. Chris calls it the big shithouse. Well, you know, here I look. When it comes to talking about Michigan on this show, I've indicted them when they've needed to be indicted. Okay? Everything that's been talked about has been fair. I I get annoyed at the whole cheating thing. And when that happens, I immediately throw favor to the other team. 
And since this all happened, that's the way I feel. So I officially want Ohio State to win that game just because it would be right as rain. If And you know what else bothers me about Michigan? Not so much Joe Martinez, but a lot of Michigan fans are intensely annoying and arrogant. Okay? And so because of that, that is enough to sway me and say I, I want Ohio State to win. All right? Have fun, Joe Martinez. I know you're gonna I know you're gonna have a ball. All right. Speaking of um oh <laughs> there was uh over the weekend during that game, uh that was Michigan's one thousandth win ever. They've won one thousand games. They're the only team to do that. Okay. When it comes to winning percentage, um, I think Michigan and Ohio State and Alabama are like close. They're like tied. I think two teams have the same number. And I think Ohio State actually has a higher winning percentage than, uh, than Michigan by like one point. Like Michigan has like a 75 and Ohio State has a 76 and Alabama has a 75. Uh, but no team has actually won more games than Michigan. They're the only team in college football ever to reach 1,000 victories. Okay? But I was reading this really fantastic article chronicling some of the victories that the team has had, and one that stood out was uh, the 34th victory that Michigan ever had, 34 and it happened in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, let's see. In 1892, on November 19th. So yesterday. Yesterday in 1892. However many years ago that is. I guess that would be 131 years ago, if my math is right. Um, I was reading that back then, in the early uh, stages of football, like uh, back when the first game was played between Rutgers and Princeton in 1869, so uh, decades before 1892, the game was played with a soccer ball and the game itself looked like a rugby match. Instead of touchdowns, teams were awarded one point for every time they got it into the end zone. Rutgers won the game 6-4. to four. So then as the years pass, they start adopting more rules. Uh, the ball shape starts changing. Um, back in the early stages, you couldn't do anything but run the ball. You couldn't, you couldn't throw a pass. The forward pass had not even been invented. In this particular game, I'm talking about November 19th, 1892, the 34th win in Michigan football history. They took on a school named Oberlin. And the game was held on a Sunday. Oberlin had uh, just started their football program one year prior. But they brought in a new coach 
a guy by the name of John Heisman, like the John Heisman, the guy that they invented that made the fucking trophy is the head coach of Oberlin. So Heisman and Oberlin uh, get off the train and they walk up to the uh, Michigan football team and they say, hey, we got a problem. Michigan's like, what? Okay, we have to be out of here by, we have to be walking off the field at 4.50 exactly. Why? That's the latest we can stay in order to make the train to get back to Oberlin or else we're fucking stranded. So Michigan coach said, all right, deal. So the, the idea is no matter what stage of the game they're in, at 10 to 5 p.m. on that Sunday, November 19th, 1892, the game is over. Yeah, it's so informal they can make up rules like that, you know? It's like the fucking beer league. So both teams agree to that. They start to play the game. Um, quote, this type of agreement was not without precedent. The newspaper from Oberlin read in 1892, the two teams made the same agreement the year before in 1891. Penalties, turnovers, and poor weather slowed the game down. But at 4.49, according to Oberlin, and with the game uh, tied 22-22, Oberlin kicked the ball, and I guess a field goal was a different uh, point total then. It's, they describe it as Oberlin kicked a quick goal for two more points. This is actually from the newspaper in 1892. So that meant it was 24-22. Immediately afterward, a backup Oberlin player who served as the referee and timekeeper said, hey, 450. Claiming the victory, Oberlin left the field. So that was a uh, player for Oberlin who was the timekeeper. It's 450, let's go. However... A higher referee, which is also a player, a Michigan player, after Oberlin left the field, said, "Uh uh-uh, it's 446. With no opponent, the Wolverines were allowed to march down the field for a touchdown, and they won 26 to 24. Uh, Touchdowns were awarded differently at that point. They only got four points. So they win 26 to 24 for victory number 34 in a big pile of bullshit. The game report in the Michigan Daily Student newspaper said great regret has been expressed at the manner in which the game closed. Look at this is actually the newspaper from that thing. Chris says, oh, so they cheated. Well, it depends on who you ask. Oberlin guys said it was 449, game's over in a minute, and then they they walked off the field. Okay, hey, way to go, Oberlin. We beat Michigan. And then Michigan said, no, man, we got plenty of time. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, 
Uh, quote, Captain Williams called his men off the field and they immediately got onto the bus and were driven to their hotel. Before the men could line up, line up again, referee Ensworth called time and Oberlin ran off the field so quickly that it almost seemed prearranged. Jewett walked over Oberlin's line with the ball for Michigan's fifth touchdown, making the score 26-24 in Michigan's favor. The game is now a small footnote in Michigan history, but stands as one of the high achievements for Oberlin. For one, it was the crowning finale on the team's undefeated season. Plus, the program, which originally served as one of the founders of Ohio's Big Six Conference, eventually faded away, blah, 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 blah. I like the article. The actual uh, press clipping from that, from that um, paper in Ann Arbor, the, Michigan, the University of Michigan Daily, they were, they were fucking homers and ridiculous even back then. Because the headline reads, a good victory. They called that a good victory. Oberlin compromised herself by leaving the field before time was up. A strong game from start to finish, the last home game of the season. The Oberlin team proved something of a surprise to our 11 Saturday afternoon. Their men were heavier than supposed and were well-trained. Boy, they wrote differently back then, didn't they? But Michigan could could rush them and won by better play. The score standing 26 to 24. Great regret has been expressed at the manner in which the game closed. (laughs) Oh boy. Yeah, that's a pile of shit. They should vacate that win now. How dumb is that? They should take it away now. Kenny says, do they actually line up against an empty field and execute a play? They did. That's exactly what they did. Oberlin was clearly paid off, Chris writes. Vacate all Michigan wins since then. So remarkable to me that that even happened, all of that. And the guy, John Heisman, is the, is the fucking coach of Oberlin. Jesus. All right. Pause in the action. I got to go tinkle. But before I do, thank you so much. If you've uh, watched the show on Facebook X or YouTube, Uh, I'm going to send you on your way. Download the audio podcast, wherever you get shows, sign up for Twitch to get the whole show uninterrupted. Thank you. Twitch and Facebook brought to you by Irvine's auto repair, Grand Rapids hybrid and EV X brought to you by uh, blue frost. IT. Thank you, as always, for being here. Sign up for the Patreon for free, seven days free. I've got some something to listen to while I'm away. Episodes coming up on Thursday and Friday that you're not going to want to miss from, I believe, the year 2010. Fun stuff, to be sure. A different time it was. The open and live stream of today's show, though, brought to you by the immortal Joe Martinez at A&E Heating and Cooling. You have till December 1 to book your furnace uh, tune-up slash cleaning and no cost. It's free. Yes, that's right. Joe has teamed up with DTE energy. He is the only AC and furnace specialist to do so in West Michigan. 616-516-8579. It's real simple. You call and schedule the furnace tune-up. Joe shows up, does the job, and then leaves. 
No money leaves your pocket at all. He then turns in the proof that he did the work to DTE and they cover the cost for you. This is a a one-of-a-kind thing. It's the first time it's ever happened because they want you to have a clean, tuned furnace. 616-516-8579. And it's safer when you tune your furnace every month because Joe can detect if there's any problems that could lead to any type of carbon monoxide poisoning. So this is a very, very serious deal. Do not let it go by the wayside and take care of that uh, very sensitive equipment in your home. 616-516-8579 today. Meanwhile, thank you to the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage NMLS number 3035. Uh, number one in the United States for a reason. Now uh, getting mortgages for people no matter where you are in the listening audience. Just reach out to Mario today to get started. Whether it's your first mortgage or your 10th or maybe you're getting a bunch of cash out of your home because you want to uh, do some home repairs or go on a trip or something like that. Uh, that way you're getting the cash out of your equity and you pay it back at the lowest interest rate possible as opposed to some shitbag high interest credit card. Forget that. Reach out today, 231-332-6505. That's 231-332-6505. Show is also brought to you by the Grand Rapids Gold. In action on Saturday, like I uh, talked to you uh, earlier in the show, with uh, Red Panda. Just broke everybody's heart with that. The gold are back in action here in Grand Rapids on Saturday, the 25th. And I want to see you there. Get tickets by uh, going to the gold's website, Grand Rapids Gold. Search it out on Google. Take you right to their page or click on the link in the show notes to see the Grand Rapids Gold play basketball. Tickets starting as low as 12 bucks. Affordable family fun. Uh, can't exactly say that about the concessions, but that has nothing to do with the Grand Rapids Gold. That's Van Andel Arena. My God, eat before you go, for God's sake. Smuggle in a water. Go to the drinking fountain. Fuck. Anyway, uh, go to the Grand Rapids Gold Games, hang out with me, and have a great time watching uh, G League basketball. Thank you, Grand Rapids Gold. By the way, I just did an interview with the general manager of the Grand Rapids Gold. His name is Ben Tenzer. You can find it on Facebook. This dude is fucking incredible. Smartest dude I think I've ever spoken to. He's got a law degree. He's Since he was a little kid, he was a fan of the Denver Nuggets growing up watching that team. He's also the vice president of basketball operations for the Denver Nuggets. And so the Denver Nuggets said, we want you to run the G League team. So they sent him here to Grand Rapids, and here he is. And uh, since he was a little kid, he rooted for the Denver Nuggets. And then as he, you know, in his early 20s, he got an internship with the team. Okay. And then just started to win people over while he was going to college. And then he gets his law degree and they go, hey, let's hire you on as a full-time employee, administrative assistant, shit like that. Now he's the vice president of basketball operations for the Denver Nuggets. Love that guy. Really, really cool dude. Nice fellow. He's part of your Grand Rapids Gold uh, franchise. Okay. Hey, don't go anywhere. I got to go tinkle. Thanksgiving week here on the Eric Zane Show podcast. Be right back. Hey, what's up? It's your pal EZ with another amazing partner for the Eric Zane Show podcast, the Eufy Video Lock. Oh, my gosh. 
Smart Lock 2K Cam and Doorbell 3-in-1 Triple Security. You got everything in one device, all right? Rather than install piecemeal, hoping that you got this app, that it's going to work okay, and that app, and oh my God. This is not just for security, but also for convenience. No more worrying about losing keys. And you can assign passwords to your family members and see them coming back home via the integrated camera. So, you know, like they all have their codes. They walk up to the door. They punch it in. The door unlocks. In they go. And, of course, it's a video camera. So it's all there. You can see who shows up at your door. This is fantastic. We live in a golden age for home security. And the Eufy Video Lock is the top of the heap, okay? You can go to eufyofficial.com slash video lock for more information. This thing is easy to install. The setup, all you need is a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling or anything like that. All the keyless entry components make it so fantastic. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition. Amazing. No battery anxiety. You've got the ultimate I don't know what it is, super lithium whatever that keeps this thing powered for a long, long time. No monthly fee on this, unlike other brands that do that. They just bend you over and charge you a monthly fee. I love the Eufy Video Lock. Get to eufyofficial.com slash video lock. E-U-F-Y official dot com slash video lock. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. All right, all right, all right. <clears throat> Nick says, uh, Nick at the arena, who works at the arena, uh, his advice, if you go to a uh, sporting event at Van Andel Arena, pint in the jacket and just buy a pop. Oh, yeah. You buy the pop and then you, uh, you know, head to the bathroom and then you uh, pour some of the booze into like another cup. Yeah, it's, it's very easily manipulated. But still, just ridiculous what they charge there. It's like, fuck, it's like they, uh, I don't, it's it's remarkable because people pay it. People actually pay for that shit. Like 15 bucks for a beer, you asshole. You, you know how much you can, with 15 bucks, you get a fucking 12 pack. It's remarkable to me. So, you know, some people, they go and they drink like 11 in the parking lot and then go in and get one in the, in the venue. Highway robbery is what it is. There was a a horrible incident 
It was a bad broken leg that occurred. This is a fucking Muppety mess. This one. Some dude from Florida State. Audio check. Video check. Here we go. 167 to 28, almost the end of the first quarter. Travis, 40, first down, and across the... Oh, there it is. There it is. It's a telltale sign. It looks like uh, it, it's completely going the other way. It looks like it, he looks like Blade Runner. So the quarterback breaks his leg. 167 to 28, almost the end of the first quarter. Travis, 40, first down, and across midfield for Jordan. How did it happen? It's his left leg. Did he just plant and it broke? First down. Right here. Right there. That's that's how it happened. Oh, oh, oh no. The one guy said, get up. You did a good job. And the guy says, I can't. My leg's broken in half. Late in the quarter. Uh -oh. oh, no. 16 yards on the rush, and he's clutching his left leg. Ah. Oh. Oh. Tackle was. God damn, that's rough. 7 to 28, almost the end of the first quarter. Travis, 40, first down. Oh, so bad. God. Man. I don't, uh, I don't ever want want that to happen. I wouldn't be able to cope. I mean, that guy, he was like all pissed off. He slammed the ball. His legs broken in half. Uh, I, when I was uh, like 20, I, I dislocated my broke and dislocated my pinky finger. And it was, it was, it was this one here. And it was, it was sideways. And, um, I threw up and then I passed out. I, I just couldn't take it. And then, uh, you know, I, I, they, I get to the, Diana comes and gets me at the, uh, at the gym in Mount Pleasant and drives me to the hospital and they got to put it back in place. That was so fucking bad. Jesus Christ. I don't, I think I would just have someone shoot me like a horse if I'm on the field and my leg breaks like that. Uh, Bob says, Bob, Rob says, these are my favorite. With heart eyes emoji. Chris says, I bet they could hear that snap. Ben Glaze in attendance says, Gators going to beat FSU. Blue State Rob says, I heard a pop when I sprained my ankle. I have no idea how I didn't break it. Yeah, I've had that happen too. Uh, ben Glaze. Uh, can we assume that dad is on the mend? Boy, I'm such a good friend. I didn't even reach out to you during the week to say, hey, is your dad on the mend? Has dad turned the corner? Please don't say no. <laughs> ben writes, he's dead. <laughs> please, please tell me that he's, he's alive and that's just, yeah, please. He says, no, he's good. God, that's funny. He's dead. <laughs> he 
you asshole. Maureen says, shit, Ben, you scared me. Yeah, uh, uh, he needs that home now. That's good. Ben's a type of morbid fuck who I don't put it. I don't put it past you for there to actually be something horrible that happened. And you just say that. I was pretty confident that he was not dead. Kenny said that made me spit my coffee out everywhere. Fuck, man. (laughs) Tyler says Ben's the type of guy that makes a suicide joke at an event for veterans with PTSD. LOL. Maureen's really offended. She says, hey, don't joke about life and death of your loved ones, please. No, I disagree. I disagree. That was a good joke. Okay. Besides, family's overrated. We all know that. Half the times, we don't even like these people. We just have to talk to them because they're our family. The idea about Ben, we need to relive that again uh, next time we do the Ben and Eric Patreon podcast. Uh, When Ben was at the event for veterans, I think it was called uh, we can beat suicide or uh, veterans have uh, suicide on the run, which they don't, but they, they, that, that's what the event was called. And, and Ben got on the stage and started cracking jokes about like hanging yourself and blowing your head off. And he opened up with hanging yourself jokes. He segued into shoot your face off. And then, uh, you know, went into the slit your wrist segments and then finished strong with the uh, overdose on whatever's in your medicine cabinet and make everybody sad jokes. In front of veterans who are like white knuckling it, just trying to get through every hour without running it. The event ended and there was no one in the audience. They all went and killed themselves out in the parking lot. And it was all Ben's fault. Uh, Ben says that after Ben was on the stage, the promoter had to gather up all of the other comics and say, no more suicide jokes. (laughs) And then Ben's just like, see you later. Good luck. Ben says one veteran liked my set, but everyone else hated the jokes and were silent. (laughs) Okay. You see, Ben, that is, um, that makes you a legend. Okay. Otherwise no one would have remembered this whole segment. Tyler had it quoted. You did that. That's, that's great. Okay, at the time it seemed horrible, but now it's hilarious. It's really funny. Tyler writes, Ben said, quote, man, tough crowd. What the fuck is their problem? I'm guessing they were all yelling, I'm a veteran and interrupting his set the whole time, probably. Ben says it was the best set of his life. 
at the suicide awareness for veterans thing, which by the way, the hoodie that I'm wearing, the Jaeger foundation is set up to get uh, service animals into the, uh, uh, in the homes of veterans so that they don't, they can, you know, when they're having a goddamn anxiety attack, suffering from PTSD, they can pet the animal. Ben would have jokes at that fundraiser for like, I think it might've been for this. This wasn't the benefit. This, this organization, Ben Jaeger, Jaeger foundation. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you asshole. It was for them. They're trying to raise money to get uh, people like uh, dogs to, you know, the guy starts fucking having a shit fit and the dog's going to come up to him and say, Hey, pet me instead of killing yourself. God damn. Incredible how that just came together. Ben Glaze, an absolute immortal for the, hey, let's talk about suicide jokes to the uh, PTSD crowd. Jesus. All right. Uh, Bad, bad weekend. Um, this is a, this is a fucking terrible story. Taylor Swift had a concert and somebody died at it. It was in uh, Rio de Janeiro. It was probably like half a million people there and no water. The heat index was a hundred, 138 degrees Fahrenheit Friday morning in Rio de Janeiro, the highest Heat index ever recorded there. So that's a combination of the temperature and the humidity. That's like the hot version of the uh, wind chill factor. 138. I've never heard of it so high. My God. When I was in Utah, it was 113 and it was like, you could feel the heat trying to burn your feet through your shoes if you're walking on, like, uh, asphalt. I imagine the asphalt was, like, 150. Motherfuck. Well, they didn't have any fucking water there. And then so everybody comes walking into the venue, and they, they bring, like, a water bottle. And, you know, they're, they're go- they take your ticket and take your water bottle. And this is one of those shows where um, you have to get there early because they've got like festival seating. So you get there early when they open the gates and then everybody uh, gets to where they want to be, hopefully up front. And then they don't want to move because they want to be as close to the stage as possible to see Taylor Swift. No, she starts the show and no lie. Instead of singing the songs, the people in the crowd were going, water, water, water. And she actually had one bottle of water and she threw it out to the crowd. So 500,000 people were able to share one bottle of water thanks to Taylor Swift. I cannot believe that this happened 
So no water there. It's 138 degrees. Swift takes the stage. This chick croaks. I'm, I cannot believe only one person died. Uh, twenty, Just 23. And then so that's it for the show. And then she makes it up the next night. She has to go on stage the next night and under the, uh, you know, this cloud of death. And uh, God damn. This is going to be a monumental lawsuit. I don't know how the law works in Brazil, but holy shit. The people who um, were producing the show and, and you know how some way this is going to be, um, this is going to actually get back to Taylor Swift. And I think in a way it does have something to do with Taylor Swift. Um, if you uh, can tell that it's hot as fuck, I think it's up to the artist actually to say, hey, uh, tell me what's in place here to make sure that everybody is okay. I mean, you can't like not be, you can't be oblivious to that. You have to know what's going on. They're all there to see you, you know? Um, And if you don't do that, I think you have some culpability here. Um, yeah, in a lot of ways, Taylor Swift, not making sure that, um, uh, every, cause it's the following night, the next concert that was held, there was all these things put in place to keep people hydrated. Um, but my God, the cause of death for Anna Clara Benavides Machado has yet to be announced. I'm sure it was cause she's the, it was 138 degrees out. Concert goers complained they were not allowed to bring the water in. In a handwritten note shared on her social media, Swift said she had a shattered heart. Now, she was supposed to be at the uh, Monday night football game tonight for KC against Philly. Um, I sure hope she doesn't go to that because if she goes to that, she's going to be on TV like cheering and having a good time. And that's a bad look. You know, and in times like this, you gotta, you can't, um, do anything to infuriate people. She already is like more popular than anybody. All right. You remember John Lennon once said that the Beatles were more popular than Jesus. And then everybody turned on the Beatles and tried to like destroy their records and shit at a big beetle burning, uh, Taylor Swift. Uh, she actually is more popular than Jesus. And if she said it, they'd go, we know it's true. They would, they would agree with it. You know, like if, if Taylor Swift said, all right, everybody gets in free to my concert. All you have to do is renounce Jesus. Everybody would. That's how popular she is. I'm not saying that to like be blasphemous. I'm just saying that that's the way these people think. I don't, I don't think that I would not, I would not say no to Jesus over Taylor Swift. But all these other assholes would. You know? There's very little information I have other than the fact that she was so incredibly beautiful and far too young, Taylor Swift wrote of the young lady. The show's organizer, Time for Fun, said on Instagram that paramedics attended attended to her after she reported feeling unwell. She was taken to a first aid facility, died an hour later. Fans were not allowed to bring in water. 
This during Brazil's record-breaking heat wave and temperatures this week. So this didn't sneak up on them. That's one of the reasons why the lawsuit is going to be so damn big. The daytime high in Rio was uh, 102.4 degrees Fahrenheit, but it felt much hotter. Sauna-like conditions inside of the stadium. Um, saw plenty of people yelling for water. Yeah, this is a, it's a miracle that only one person died. Swift has two more shows scheduled in re, uh, well, they're actually done now Saturday and Sunday. She did one last night. State prosecutors said in a statement they would monitor measures that seek to avoid new problems and guarantee the protection of the health of the, of the public. Well, it's uh, your own negligence that that didn't happen in the first place. Everybody's going to get sued. The only thing that the people have going for them is that it's fucking Brazil. It's not exactly a third world world country, but close enough. Legal system might not might have a uh, couple of loopholes that Taylor can buy her way out of. Uh, Taylor says, I'm not going to be able to speak about it from the stage because I feel overwhelmed by grief when I even try to talk about it, she wrote. Translation, she was told by her lawyers, you better not say fucking shit on there or you're likely to get sued. They can hold those words against you. I want to say now I feel this loss deeply and my broken heart goes out to her family and friends. Um, yeah, this is this is partially on her or any performer. It's up to the performers. They're there to see you. If you don't have the common sense to even ask someone, and then if you're not satisfied with the answer, uh, say, well, you have to, or we're going to cancel the show. You have to make sure that everybody has the ability to get water. You, you have to do something. That is on the artist. Blue State Rob with a joke that I don't know how many of you are going to get. But I get it. Blue State Rob says, should have held the concert at Sheffield Wednesday. Less carnage. I imagine Chris D will get that joke. But I don't know if anybody else is going to get that joke. You're like, Sheffield Wednesday, what's that? Kuypers says, bullshit. That's on the venue. Well, I think the venue will be named in the lawsuit. Taylor Swift will be named in the lawsuit. Um, Anyone else that can be named, you and I will be named in the lawsuit. And the argument will be attempted to be made that it is on Taylor Swift. Now, whether or not that works, I don't know. Chris gets the Sheffield Wednesday joke to some degree. Was that the soccer stadium? Oh, yeah. You know, Hillsborough. I think the actual stadium, I don't know what's what. I think the team was called Sheffield Wednesday. And uh, the facility was called Hillsboro. 
One of the most fucked up things ever. Uh, the 80s, the fucking soccer pitch. They had these um, behind the goal, these fucking pens where the spectators would go. And because they, they fucked everything up, the, uh, the local police and blamed it on hooliganism, which is not true. They um, put way too many people in these pens. Well, the pen, like there's two pens and uh, enough room for everybody in both of them. And like one pen has 10,000 people in it and can hold 5,000. And the other pen has one person in it. There's no one in the other pen. Somehow they fucked that shit up. And uh, the people in the one pen that was stuffed, they kept pushing everybody forward. And then when they got as far as they could go, there's like a, a, a fence, almost like a chain link fence. And like, there's these horrible pictures from the field taking people taking pictures of people, you know, smashed up against the fence. They, there, there's so many people around them that uh, there was no air and they were, they, they were crushed. They all died standing up. Rob wrote that, but that's true. Literally you, you see people like with this distress. It's the most horrible thing ever. Documentary was called Hillsborough. I think it was on ESPN. Uh, like a hundred people died and like 700 were, were injured. It was absolutely fucking horrible. And it, there was so much bureaucracy and trying to find out who was responsible. It was the police. And that took forever to, uh, finally, uh, find justice in that. It was an absolute sh- fucking shit storm. Horrible. Rob with a fantastic joke about people getting crushed to death. You asshole. Bob doesn't really like Taylor Swift. He writes, put that rat face trailer park skank in jail. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I can get behind that one. She's quite attractive. I don't think she's ever lived in a trailer park. And she's anything but like a slob. Little strange here. Donut Dan says, did Great White open for Taylor Swift? Oh, another fucking horrible thing. All the bad jokes about terrible instances and moments that happened during events. The Station Nightclub. It was about 2003. Fuck. Jesus. Was that Rhode Island, New Hampshire? I don't know. The bands on stage, the uh, the venue is as big as this room. Great White is on the stage, and there's all sorts of that acoustic foam all around the stage, stuff that goes up quicker than gasoline. Stupid band lights off dumbass spinning sparklers like it's going to add to the effect of this shitty fucking hairband uh, playing in a room the size of a goddamn kitchen. Lights the walls on fire. Within minutes, the whole place is, is burning to the ground. People all stuffed in there. Nobody, 
so many people died in that one. It was so bad. I remember I was on the radio the morning after it happened. And uh, we started hearing word that there was a fire at the Great White Show. And with every minute that passed, like the death tolls going up dramatically. So bad. Guy from a local radio station uh, was like the guy who um, uh, went on stage and said, here they are, Great White. Yeah. He died. The guy on the radio. Ben Glaze drops. Maybe the next show will have Travis Scott opening. Oh, yeah. That was at that. Isn't that uh, the guy who he's got like his fucking face at the entrance and you got to go through his mouth? A bunch of people died at that one, too. Fucking A. No, thanks. I'll stay home. Uh, I'm going to go see Waylon on Friday. Waylon just put out new material. Ben's a huge fan. He loves it. Uh, Waylon is going to be at the intersection. So I'm doing hockey game and then the show after. Should be a lot of fun. If you're on Patreon and you buy a ticket, you are then in the running for the VIP treatment. I did this last year with them too, I think. Anyway, uh, do it. Buy a ticket if you're on Patreon and uh, if you're a fan of the band and then we'll have a drawing with all of those to get the VIP, which is like uh, sound check, uh, photo op, meet and greet, sign poster, you know, all the usual shit. I don't think we'll have a problem with stampeding people, crushing people, and uh, high heat at the Wayland show. Should be a good time. Meanwhile, also in concert action, Pink decided that, uh, you know how, like, every time you turn around, especially in places like around here in West Michigan, um, they want to make it so that our transgender kids uh, can't read books about transgender people. Like that one, Gender Queer. Uh, That's one that everybody has a problem with because it's all illustrated. There's some illustrations with like uh, the chick uh, has a strap on on and then the other chick is like going down on it. Now, those are the books that you want to show. Those are the, I mean, think about it. If you're a transgender person and you can't even figure out, you know, anything going on in your life, The one thing you want to be able to do is have sex appropriately. And God damn it. If there's a book that's showing you some of the cool shit you can do with a strap on and you're of school age, well, I'm all for it. Who wouldn't want that? Why is that a problem? Hang on. I got to sneeze. Oh, God. So everybody's all butthurt about uh, about these books. This is uh, this is killing our children. This is so bad. It's like I got news for you, man. Your kid has been watching milf porn and uh, and reverse gang bang and squirt videos since they were about five. Fuck stick. Give me a break. 
Well, Pink decided to give away a bunch of banned books. Um, at her concerts, giving away 2,000 challenged books. Pen America's index of banned books include Beloved by Toni Morrison. Toni Morrison, isn't that that boxer? Who, uh, he played Tommy Gunn in the Rocky movie? I thought that guy was dead. I didn't know he's making a... A book that everybody wants to ban? Oh, no, that's Tommy Morrison. This is Tony with an I, T-O-N-I. Amanda Gorman's The Hill We Climb. Girls Who Code by Reshma Sajani. And Todd Parr's The Family Book. So these are all books that... Like in conservative communities like where I live, these really annoying um, Jesus freak moms and dads get together and they they get disgusted at these books that discuss gender and uh, transgender people with strap-ons. And then they spend all their time doing that. And then they, um, they say, we must ban the books, which they shouldn't. Um, what they do do is they... Um, the schools have gone ahead and said, all right, if you object to some of the books, just give us your kid's name and the books that they can't, that you don't want them to check out, which I think solves everything, frankly, you know, everybody wins in that because then they talk about these books so that people learn about them and they get curious about them. I mean, like if I wanted, uh, if my wife wanted to become a dude, you know, she'd want to read that book. And I could know, I'd know right where to get it for us. Hey, look, this is it. You got to do that. You got to put a strap on. You got to put it in my butthole. And then that's the end of it. Uh, so there you go. That's all you really need. Pink said it's confusing. I don't think it's confusing. It's just a bunch of fucking idiots who want to ban books. It's infuriating. Eh, maybe. Size of the problem. It is censorship. And I don't know about that. I mean, I always go back to, can the government tell me what I can and can't read? Okay. Can the government do that? So I don't know if it's necessarily censorship. Maybe a form of, but not in the truest sense. Uh, You can read whatever you want to read. Uh, Pink said in an Instagram video announcing her actions on Monday. The video, was, which also featured Penn American America President Suzanne Nossel, has been liked more than 33,000 times. Uh, books have held a special joy for me from the time I was a child, and that's why I am unwilling to stand by and watch while books are banned by schools. What they don't understand is, people like this lady here in Pink is, the more the books are banned, the more they will be read. So you want more idiot schools banning books. Not everybody is going to think like the schools around here in conservative Jesus country. Okay. And even if they do, who gives a shit? The more banning you get, the greater the want of those books. 
And it's publicity. Word is getting out about these banned books. We wouldn't even know about these fucking books if people weren't banning them. So Pink giving away 2,000 books, I mean, that really doesn't do shit. Uh, We need more banning. We need more schools banning these books. And we need more moms and dads acting like assholes that these books are actually going to affect anything and hurt people because my kids watching uh, a cartoon fucking panel of a chick with a strap on. That isn't going to do anything but make them laugh, titillate, and maybe teach them how to use the strap on, which I'm all for. Kids need to know how to use a strap on. God damn it. And uh, if they ban those books, more kids are going to know how to use strap ons. So I think it's very important that these books get banned going forward because then we can have this discussion uh, about kids using strap-ons because that's what this is all about. It's that one panel of gender queer where the kid has vag slime and then the kid has the strap on and the other kids putting, uh, her, uh, formerly her, then him transgender, uh, mouth on a strap on and you get to see it all. It's so hot. Holy shit. You haven't lived till you've seen, uh, a school age, um, animated child with a strap on getting blown by another school aged animated transgender person in a book. It's fucking great. Um, Dan says, sounds more like artists trying to become relevant again than about the books. Well, they make the books with the best of intentions they leave it up to these, the crazy moms and dads that live around here to do all the heavy lifting of, um, you know, providing publicity for those books by banning them. So it's great actually when books are banned, when books are banned, more people know about them. I did not know about any of these books in particular gender queer. I'd never heard of it, nor would I have had we didn't, if we, if we never had all these people losing their shit about gender queer, It would be on the shelf of libraries gathering dust. No one would take it out. Now, you know who's uh, cashing in is the writer of of Gender Queer. That was a great decision of whoever wrote that to make those kids with (coughs) strap-ons. Excuse me. Um, Let's see. Chewy's purse acknowledged the story about when Hudsonville banned Jarhead. Yeah, that's, um, what do you call it? Collateral damage of the book banning. They put in place that, um, uh, you know, parents could ban books or boards could ban books in particular ways if they didn't like the content. So Jarhead, which is about the military, got banned. A book that wasn't even checked out. It's a great book, by the way. Great movie. Blue State Rob says kids don't read books anyway. Well, yeah, maybe not, but they're going to read Gender Queer because there's a kid with a strap on. I need to see. If I'm a 16 year old, you bet your ass I'm going right to where the vag slime is and getting the book that has the kid with the strap on. 
Jimmy describes a book as the internet made out of wood. Uh, KMK would be so unhappy to hear this segment. Blue State Rob says, KMK is going to have some new clips to pin to her X feed. Quote, kids need to learn how to use the strap on. Eric Zane. Maureen says gender queer brought us the term vag slime. Blue State Rob adds, does the book on eating ass get banned? Chris in Maine says 16-year-olds are beating off to way worse already. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if any of you have a 16-year-old, go to their phone and look at their search history. I guarantee you. There's uh, uh, some chick from fucking Columbia blowing a horse right on it that they watched. And you're like, oh, my God, you're going to be hoping for gender queer. Equinesex.com is what they're looking at. God damn. Well, anyway. Pink gave away a bunch of books and she thinks she's doing anything. She's not. It doesn't do anything. The only thing that works is more book bannings. Then more people will go out and read those books. Uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has dismissed book bans as a hoax. Um, he says exposing what I, I got to read it like Ron DeSantis. Exposing the book ban hoax is important because it reveals that some are attempting to use our schools for indoctrination. In Florida, pornographic and inappropriate materials that have been snuck into our classrooms and libraries to sexualize our children violate our state education standards. Florida is the education state, and that means providing students with a quality education free from sexualization and harmful materials that are not age-appropriate. All right. Well, then cancel the internet, fuckhead. Go put on some high heels. Jesus Christ. All right. Thank you to TC Paintball. I saw Rick in here just a minute ago. Uh, thank you so much. Book an event at TC Paintball online at tcpaintballgr.com. That reminds me, I got to get a hold of Rick today and confirm or deny Paintball War number 23. And put that on my list of things to do. My fancy list of things to do. To do this week. Rick. TC schedule. Okay. So anyway, um, outdoor, indoor fun, the premier paintball destination in the state of Michigan. I can't think of a uh, business that has, that has it more turnkey. You just walk in, you give them your cash. They give you the gun, the mask, the paint, and anything else that you want. If you want armor, you want to put on a pair of coveralls. They got those. You want a, uh, a better quality gun so you can kick your buddy's ass and paintball. They got that. Let's say outside of renting, you want to buy. They've got the wall of guns. So sweet. Anything you could ever want in the paintball world is there. TCPaintballGR.com. Make it a destination from anywhere in the area. Head over to TC Paintball. And uh, check them out. You will not be let down. You will have so much fun. Excuse me. At TC Paintball. Online at TCPaintballGR.com. 
Got my hair cut. On Friday at King's Room Barbershop, shot a video of it. Andy is just the best. Three locations, Northland Drive, Caledonia, and the one that I went to, 821 36th Street Southwest in Wyoming, Michigan, right next to the costume room on the south side of 36th Street. Believe it or not, right down the street from uh, Dumpster Divers, a company that used to market on the Eric Zane Show podcast. Thank you. Kingsroom.net. Get your hair cut there. Kingsroom Barbershop. When you go to kingsroom.net, there's a spot for schedules where everybody is, uh, the various locations like Andy. He was at the King's Room, um, Wyoming, on uh, Friday from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. So there you go. Yeah, all the schedules are there, exact locations. Uh, it's going to cost you just south of 20 bucks to get your hair cut, plus tip. Okay? Go heavy on the tip. And mention your pal EZ when you go to King's Room Barbershop. Andy and Colleen are the owners, uh, husband and wife duo. Everybody else, just say, could you mention to uh, Andy and Colleen that the Eric Zane Show podcast got me to come to King's Room Barbershop? I know Kevin Kuypers went there on Friday. Andy told me, thank you, Kevin. Rosalind Carter is dead. Former first lady. Rosalind Carter, pretty great first lady as far as first ladies go. I think most historians would agree that she did a better job as first lady than Carter did as president, her husband. Carter was kind of a pussy. Jimmy Carter uh, as president. He's still alive. He's 99. He's also in hospice care. Uh, I call her Rosalind. I've, I always thought she was known as Rosalind, but it's Rosalind. Rosalind Carter uh, was 96. She went into hospice care like three days ago, and then she passed away yesterday. Um, pretty, pretty fantastic life she led. Uh, excellent first lady. She did a lot for mental health at a time when nobody gave a shit about mental health. It was like, um, you know, we're talking about the late 1970s. I was like, yeah, whatever. Fuck you. Rub some dirt on it. Shut up. You know, she was also big in, um, uh, there was at about that time, there was the equal rights amendment ERA. Uh, women weren't being treated equally, especially in like the workplace. And they were sick and tired of it. Uh, most would agree that they're still not treated uh, equally in the workplace. Uh, but she was big on that too. I was a little bit uh, shocked at um, what the local TV station and what a lot of the media are using as the image to uh, announce her death. I thought perhaps they could... Uh, come up with a picture that was a little more flattering. I mean, here she is. Uh, I don't know when this picture was taken, but uh, I, I, you, you definitely don't want to get one like a minute before she dies. You can only imagine how rough she looked in that scenario. But uh, this one, if this is the best you can do, why not just go and get one from like when she was younger? Or maybe get a collage of like different eras of her life. Maybe one when she was a young girl. Maybe one when she was uh, 
the uh, first lady and then one between first lady and now, and then maybe one like when she was 90 and it, it could even be when she's 96, just as long as she isn't looking like she's sitting on a toilet, which is what it looks like in that image I'm showing you now. That's all. That's a horrible fucking picture. You know, there are, there is no such thing as an attractive 96 year old, but the least you could have done was had her not looking confused with her mouth agape. That's pretty bad. This is uh, Rosalind, uh, Rosalind Carter in the last year in the White House. She's shaking somebody named Jesse Coulter's hand. I don't, I don't, I don't know who that is. And look at that. Waylon fucking Jennings, who's a goddamn legend. I love Waylon Jennings. This is like the one of the original outlaw country stars who, while all the country stars were wearing like rhinestones and doing stupid shit on stage uh, in Nashville, Waylon is like his own genre. He's getting drunk and beating people up. Look at He's got a smoke in his mouth and he's looking at Mrs. Carter like he wants to pork. He's got his, his hat on and the, and the leather vest. He's probably drunk. And I think Kid Rock time traveled because here he is in the picture, 1977, behind Mrs. Carter. Wearing a hat, a trucker hat that says cow jazz. I mean, that's how Kid Rock looks today. God damn, that looks a lot like Kid Rock. And and the setting is perfect because he he would love he loves Waylon Jennings. He's mentioned Waylon uh Waylon Jennings in, uh, in a couple of his songs. And he's looking at Mrs. Carter like he wants to have sex with her too, as is Waylon Jennings. I think this could have become like a big foursome between Coulter, Rosalind, Waylon, and uh, time traveler Kid Rock. Uh, Jimmy says that is uh, Waylon's wife. I didn't know that. Also, Jimmy writes, the Carter administration created the Department of Education. I did not know that. <clears throat> That's a great picture, actually. The fact that Waylon's in there puffing inside. Um, That's about all I have. I was able to glean about Mrs. Carter. Um, I do remember reading that she grew up like next door to Jimmy. In Plains, Georgia. This is, you know, like 80 years ago. And uh, Carter was in the Navy. Jimmy was in the Navy. And uh, he came walking out wearing his Navy gear, like his outfit, his uniform. And um, she was quoted as saying, when she saw him in the uniform, that that created the attraction of her to young Jimmy Carter. Carter was governor of Georgia prior to winning the presidency. 
And uh, the only reason why he beat Ford, Gerald R. Ford from right here in Grand Rapids, who's buried with his wife 16 miles from where I sit, the only reason why he beat Ford uh, for the presidency in 1976 to put Rosalind Carter as the first lady in the White House was because Ford pardoned Nixon. Everybody was pissed off at that. He said, we need to put this to rest and move on with the country. Therefore, I am pardoning Richard Nixon. And everybody's like, fuck that. We hate him. So then they made Ford pay. The fucking guy doesn't even get a shot at a full term. He comes in there midstream, takes over the presidency. And uh, the fucking, the American people, they're such assholes. They don't even give that guy a true shot at the job. You'd have been a great president. He took the fall for that fuckstick Nixon. And then the dumb shit American people voted Jimmy Carter. Uh, some would say the worst president in the history of the country. It, when we were, we were so weak at that time that near the end of his term, the Iranians stormed our embassy, uh, took our uh, uh, civilian and diplomatic uh, uh, people that were in the embassy hostage and held them hostage for more than a fucking year, blindfolded. And uh, the Iranians knew that once Ronald Reagan beat the shit out of Jimmy Carter, that we were going to go in and fuck him up. So they released the hostages immediately after Reagan won the presidency. Jimmy Carter went ahead and tried to rescue the pres the uh, hostages near the end of his tenure uh, in a, a black ops maneuver, sneaky, similar to what we did to Osama bin Laden, and it was a fucking disaster. Like everything crashed and burned, all our guys died. It was a shit show. Terrible. That's part of Carter's legacy. People forget that. Now, Carter, then, he finishes his presidency and drifts away. And everybody hates him because he was so shitty. Reagan gets in there. All of America gets wealthy and starts doing cocaine. So this is what we got with Ronald Reagan. Money, coke, and AIDS. Jimmy Carter disappears. And then he shows up out of the blue years later, and everybody's forgotten how shitty he was. He starts building Habitat for Humanity homes. And everybody falls in love with him again. Ah, oh, he's great. He's great. He's great. He's great. Now he's 99, still alive, and mourning the loss of his wife. Boy, that was a weird rant about Jimmy Carter. Well, anyway, Mrs. Carter, rest in peace. Pretty good lady from what I've read. Thank you to Frank Fuss, my policy shop insurance. You have till December 7th. To sign up at healthcare, I'm sorry, to sign up for your uh, 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 Medicare. All right. If you or someone you know or love is getting set to retire, uh, they're pulling their hair out because they got to deal with Social Security and figure that out and Medicare, how they're going to get healthcare. Frank Fuss does all that and it doesn't cost you a dime. Just reach out to Frank, buyinsurancehere.com. He'll do it all, and he won't charge you. He makes his money from the insurance companies who he's going to get you into a policy. That's how it works. You don't need to know any of that. Frank does it all. My Policy Shop Insurance. Reach out to Frank at buyinsurancehere.com. Folks, we are days away until we launch the fundraising 
for the great food giveaway at Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid, and EV. Um, we'll be looking for volunteers to give away food December 22. We'll be looking for audience members to dig deep in their pockets to pay for the food for the great food giveaway. I kind of talk about Irvine's Auto Repair at the same time as the great food giveaway. Just know it's coming. So get those pennies together. We're going to raise a bunch of cash, buy a bunch of food, and give a bunch of food away at Irvine's. And in the meantime, if your vehicle is suffering any type of, uh, if there's anything wrong with the vehicle, get it fixed at Irvine's, what I'm trying to say. I sound like I'm drunk. 616-532-6600 for Irvine's. ERVines.com. That's ERVines.com. 616-532-6600 could be as simple as an oil change, wheel alignment, I don't know, tire rotation, shit, you name it. Or something more serious, like, you know, the engine blew up. 616-532-6600. Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid, and EV. Linda says, what did we raise last year? I don't remember the dollar amount. I just know that I doubled it. Um... Last year, uh, when we uh, year one and two, we did 100 families got food. Year three, I boldly doubled it uh, because all of the Zany, former Zaniacs United were saying that we were going to fail in raising food, raising the 100 uh, meals because they left, because they were convinced that the show was dead because they weren't around. And I said, okay, fuck you. We're doubling it. So we doubled it and we got it and we gave it all away. But I will tell you this. We had so much food that it was daunting to actually give it all away. So I, 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 I do want to do it just 100 this year, just because, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of moving parts and actually giving the food away. So we'll just do it that way. Again, uh, 100 families will be fed and, uh, I will let you know. In fact, I'm on uh, the phone with a nice guy named Sean from Meyer with like, uh, we actually have to go and okay, I need this, that, that getting an estimate. And then I'll tell you, and then we raise the money and then we buy the food and then we give it all away on December 22, Thursday, December 22. Okay. All right. That's awesome. Very excited about that. Always a great time. Darla. Uh Uh-uh. Jesus Christ. Okay. Asshole of the day time. Who's it going to be? We talked about the Lions. We talked about Michigan's big win. We talked about Michigan's 34th win against Oberlin. Talked about crazy broken leg on Florida State football player. Taylor Swift concert, pink concert. Rosalind Carter is dead. Any suggestions, leave them in the chat, as always. By the way, I have a uh, Black Friday sale going on on Patreon. It's the same as it always is, where you can get seven days free at patreon.com slash Eric Zane. I do Black Friday year-round. All right. 
Seems to be a unanimous vote. For killing that 23-year-old, Taylor Swift is the asshole of the day. Brought to you by TC Paintball. Yeah, she knows better than that. Come on now. Taylor Swift could have single-handedly prevented that kid's death. Thank you for being here, folks. Talk to you on Patreon. Have a good one. One day close. We're in the end zone for Thanksgiving. All right. Talk to you later, folks. Bye-bye.